Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. Love you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hassle protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. I almost felt like Nikola Jokic should have stood there at center court at the end of the game and said, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Right? It's one of those things where, you know, I like being on the right side of history. Don't you? Right? You can be on the wrong side of the current moment the right side of history. And I'm not always on the right side of history. It's okay. Sometimes you're wrong. You guess and sometimes you're wrong. You feel, you watch, whatever. Um, but, I mean, Kendrick Perkins did a 185 days ago. Most of America did the same last night. Right? And don't get me wrong. There's some, he takes the one foot three pointer. You're like, what is that? And it goes in. They nearly lost a game they had complete control of for about three quarters of the game. Like, there's a lot we can discuss about the series. 
But if we're truly honest with ourselves, truly honest with ourselves, most sports fans had never seen Nikola Jokic play an entire game. Don't believe me? Jason Stewart, is that the most you've ever watched Nikola Jokic play a game? Um, I think other than other Laker games, I mean, I've watched them before, yeah. but yeah. You've watched an entire game with Jokic? Against the Lakers, yeah. Okay. That's the one team I'll watch on a regular basis. No, I, I understand. I'm saying I, I would I would guess 75% of the viewers would say like, I've watched him play my team previously some, yeah. but maybe not the whole thing. I watched that entire game last night and I was like, I cannot believe how good he is and how unique he is. And I said this, I think it was last year about Luca. And it's true then and it's true now. And this is a really hard thing for people to, to factor, okay, to understand. Look, the Nuggets made shots out their rectum last night, shots that they may never make again. And when you have confidence and you have it rolling, and then the Lakers made some adjustments both offensively and defensively, nearly came back and won the game. I don't know what the rest of the series looks like. It's interesting because my only concern with the Lakers moving forward is fatigue and playing an altitude in game two, right? Really wears on you more as you become oxygen deprived. The longer you stay in the mile high city, you don't adjust for a while anyway. But I think the Lakers, they got a good beat on the nuggets. The nuggets are not great defensively. They're not terribly deep. And they're not crazy disciplined. But that guy is a, he's a carnival act. He does a little bit of everything and he does it kind of an awkward fashion. And he's amazing at what he does. Amazing. And what I said about Luka last year is true about Jokic this year. Which is, this is what Larry Bird did. Okay. And yeah, they happen to all have white skin. I, I, you know, I can find other guys if you'd like that had that sort of kind of awkward style, right? It's awkward. There's no other way to put it. Like you're shooting a, usually when you shoot off one foot, you shoot with your opposite foot. Like think about all the one foot shots you've ever shot in your driveway or floaters or even half court shots. He shoots with his right foot. Like it's, it's just kind of awkward and different. And it's a different kind of skill. You're like, how does he keep getting by guys? I don't understand. How does he keep making those passes? How does he score so much? How does he get that off? I don't know either. I didn't have that ability. But there's something unique and special and dominant in a clever sort of not the craziest athlete way. And I will point out that this is not the only place that it exists. Right? Jerry Rice famously didn't run a super fast 40, but he's the greatest wide receiver in the history of the sport. And that's a position where normally athleticism, size are the key factors. Right? What was the guy from the Bengals he drafted a couple years ago out of uh, University of Washington? Was like sprinter speed, like crazy speed. John but, Ross. John Ross. But you know what he was? A terrible wide receiver. World class speed. But there's so much more to being a wide receiver. And basketball is much the same way. I mean, even if you take Anthony Davis, right? Anthony Davis is, he's not the most athletic big dude in the world. 
but he was a point guard growing up. He grew in, I think, in high school. And so he has all those guard skills combined with crazy length, whatever. You know, the freakiest athlete on the floor is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon completed what I believe will, to this point, is the greatest dunk in NBA dunk history. Right? He jumped up and he had a mascot on one of those airboards, right? What are those called? Those the like it's like a uh floater board type of thing. You remember that? And he's st- the mascot was spinning around. He caught it, went underneath his legs, and then dunked it. It's like the greatest dunk I've ever. It's it's so much better. It's so much better than any dunk that Jordan or Vince Carter ever did. Okay, the guy is six foot ten, literally crazy athlete. And you know what? It was hard to watch him out there because they weren't guarding him last night because can't really shoot. He's not actually super confident in his shooting. And so the 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 point to make is, and I'll grant you, like, Jokic is seven feet tall, right? And while he may not be a great athlete on paper or in the TV for, a, for an NBA player compared to you and me, like, he's crazy athletic by comparison. But the point is, that we do this thing. We got the NBA draft combine going on now where we judge all of these different factors. We do it with the NFL. Where sports is only partially about how good an athlete you are. Now, it's, there's different positions. There's different sports, different levels of, of athleticism needed. Right? Like, look, dude, if you're an NFL defensive back, if you can't run, you can't play. It, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how... But there are positions where they can hide you if you can't run nearly. You know, safety is one in which you're about, you got to get everybody lined up and you got to be able to read things more so than have incredible speed. And you got to be able to hit and tackle and secure, maybe more so than be able to run. But I don't know. I'm watching last night and I was like, this is amazing. And that, then I go into the list of other questions, which is how come we don't have American centers that can play this way? Did you ever know that? Like, go and look at the centers in the NBA. List them for me. Anthony Davis, who's now a center, is like the only American-born guy who plays center who's any good that's born in America. Right? Go on. Look at them. It's crazy. Like, we have the cor- we've cornered every market. Except that one. Except that one. What are we not doing to develop? And I know, like, having played overseas, play a lot of soccer, like Mondays after Mondays, is like conditioning day and you actually play soccer inside your gym and it helps your footwork. But there's more to it than that. Like what that guy does is crazy. And it defies logic in that basketball is a game that generally has been played by guys that play above the rim and he's a below the rim dude. I mean, honestly, his body type, if he was six foot one, six foot two, it looked like he worked at UPS. Now, it helps that he's seven feet tall, but the skill, toughness, intelligence that he and Anthony Davis possess is remarkable. And I'm left walking away by just, you know, it's kind of a win for analytics, isn't it? We have so many people in the media and in sports telling us, analytics is just data. It doesn't take this into effect. It doesn't take that. And I would tell you, I think it's just a portion of the equation. But the argument for Nikola Jokic to be the MVP the past three seasons 
And the reason that he was considered a favorite before Kendrick Perkins called it into question was really simple. Analytics told you that he was far and away the best player in the NBA. So I'm going to ask you this. Anybody who's watched all the NBA playoff games, and Jason Tatum is coming off a virtuoso in Game 7. He did have a stinker for most part in Game 6. But if you, if, you, if you were honest with yourself and you watched last night, have you seen a better basketball player this year than Jokic? I, I understand a new, different way of looking at things through a computer, through analytics, and not through raw de- stats and data. It's it's really disarming, especially even people like myself that I've always watched it one way and it challenges you to see things a different way. That's hard as you get older. It just is. But last night was not just a win for the Nuggets. That was a win for analytic, a- analytic basketball, analytics basketball. Yes, John Ramos. Is it because he does everything well or one thing really great and other things well? Or what What? What would you lead you to believe or to say that what you just said about the like, what did you see that that led you to think like, oh, you we watched, missed something. You, you watched the game. What did you think? I, I had a baseball game last night. Lucas had a, a game, so I did not see the game. But to- totally fair. Yeah. Uh, Dan Byer, you watched the game last night? Yeah, I was at John's kid's game. Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. You were like the third row, right? Yeah, I was cheering for the other team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of I, I I thought that was weird though that you were like booing <laughs> booing Jonah. Right. Like, that's yeah. a lot for Jonah. Well, Jonah's Jonah's a little young. It's Lucas. I would he would have been booing, yeah. but I mean, yeah. And I that's what made him booing Jonah. No, no booing Jonah. Um no, they're they're great kids. Love them both. Um uh, Jokic, Jokic can bring the ball up the court. He can pass. Uh, he's skilled, but also in the same breath, sometimes it looks like he has no idea what he's doing. Yes, and it is. It is when you talk about total package. Um, like he really is the shot at the end of the third quarter. He's got range, touch around the basket, all of that. I mean, he he, John. If you didn't watch, and it's okay if you didn't. Um, I know that Anthony Davis had forty. Okay, but in terms of, like he he had what was it? Uh, did he have sixteen rebounds at the half? Yeah, I thought he had like twelve in like the first quarters. It was crazy. He had yeah. sixteen or seventeen rebounds and like six or seven assists at the half. Like it was insane, just completely and thoroughly dominating the game. And you know it, it's and like he literally does everything, and it's a little bit awkward too. You know, he's not a blur. Even his jump shot, it's not like it it, it it doesn't look the purest in the world. His post-up shots are a little bit different, a little bit awkward. The footworks, that's how you get it off is you have a little bit of an awkward release so they can't time it. He's a great passer. You know, he has kind of no facial affect. He's not like he's sitting there, you know, putting the, the, the tough guy face on, but he's also not laughing out there. He's just kind of one personality. It was a watch, but I most people's takeaway last night, I would guess would be, well, who's the second best player in basketball? Because that guy looks like the best. So he's kind of effortless would be a good terminology. It's just kind of uh, like he just kind of goes out there and plays, but just does it well. I don't know well. if effortless would be would would be the. I don't think effortless would be the word. Well, can can you give me um, complete, slightly awkward, unbelievably uh, skillful, 
and uh, different. Did I miss one? No, I think that's. I, I, yeah, I just like when you talk about like total package, it means everything, and that's about. Sometimes we think total package of being everything that's perfect, and I think that there is stuff that is not perfect. I would say though, aren't some of the detractors saying, "Well, what happened in the fourth quarter?" Like, isn't sure. isn't this, you know, when we're talking about guys, and I'm going to bring Giannis into the equation. For, for what Giannis did, it's almost like Giannis in the NBA Finals and his performance solidified his two MVPs. It sure. was able to grant it. And so for as great as Jokic was, they kept the Lakers at arm's length for most of the game, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, boom, offense stalls. Lakers uh, go on a 9-0 run. It's a ball game, and now we're in the end of it. For, for as great as he was, I would say that his detractors would say, like, this is why. This is why maybe he wouldn't it, it's, be the MVP. It's fair that, that he has worn down. Um, I would also say, look, the Lakers basically put a second guy on him, right? They took Anthony Davis off him, put Rui Hachimura on him, and then Anthony Davis, as I told you, like, he's a better, he's a weak side shot blocker. He's not an on-ball post defender. That's not what he does. And so they, they put him on Aaron Gordon and allowed him to kind of roam free. And obviously there'll be an adjustment to that from the Nuggets moving forward. Gordon's got to make some shots. Gordon's got to cut harder. They got to throw it to the rim, right? They're playing with three big guys. So there wasn't a lot of space, but I mean, Anthony Davis had zero shot of guarding him one-on-one, none. And previously when they sent help, like he made seemingly every right read. And, and what the Lakers did was also, they started not just attacking him, but attacking Jamal Murray defensively. So there'll be some adjustments, and I don't think that he's going to have this sort of statistical dominance, but man, was it a show last night. It was an absolute show. And it's one of those things where, yes, the fourth quarter they did come back, but if you look at it, what happened in the fourth quarter? They had two guys on them. Other guys got to make plays. Other guys got to make plays. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's welcome in Daniel Jeremiah, uh, who never tips his pitches, doesn't actually tip the picks during the NFL draft that he covers for the NFL Network. Um, Did you hear what Joe Burrow had to say uh, during his press conference where he said, hey, he was asked about the new contract, and if anything needed to be kind of set in place, there's any like non- uh, was it non-negotiables? And he was like, yeah, we got some other guys that need to get taken care of first. W- what do you take that to mean? Well, I'm, I'm guessing T. Higgins is who he's talking about, um, would, would be my first guess. I, look, if you're Joe Burrow, you know there's 0% chance they would ever let you walk out of that building. You're going to be a Bengal for life. Um, so your deal's going to get done, and I think it actually shows some some big-picture uh, thinking there and maybe a little selfless thinking of, Hey, let's get this. Let's get, let's take care of this guy. I'm, I'm fine. I'll be taken care of, but let's not, let's not let T Higgins get down to the wire here. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. Um, but people think that means he would take less. I think it would just mean no. he would, he would allow somebody else's deal to sign. And then you guys figure out the cap and how that works. And if it, to, to make the cap work and to get the cash, right, you got to do get T Higgins done first. Fine. All for it. Yeah, because when you're in, when you're you know putting these things together and you're doing roster construction and you look at it and you say, okay, let's do the hypothetical. You get Joe done, and then you get to the end of T. Higgins' negotiation. You're like, guys, we cannot, we just can't go to this number. There's no, you know, as painful as this is, we just have to walk away from the table. There's no walking away from the table with Joe. He knows that. So while there's a big piece of the pie left, go ahead and take care of T. Higgins. 
And then you, from an organizational standpoint, you get creative. You do whatever you have to do to get the borough deal done. I don't think you have quite that same motivation with any other 52 players on the roster. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, what about Herbert? You know, Herbert, again, early in his deal. So the Chargers don't have to redo it now. But the general feeling is now's a great time where you can have cost certainty. What do you think? What do you think happens with Herbert? I would imagine it gets done. You know, I, I haven't asked Tom about it or talked to Tom about it, but, um, you know, I, I just think from a not only a cost certainty standpoint, you also have to look into the fact you get this deal done when they have more time left on their deal. You can spread it out over more years, so it just it makes it a, a cleaner financial move. Um, and these, uh, you know, these numbers aren't going to go down. You know, whether whoever comes in next, whether it's either one of these guys, it's going to only drive the price up for the next one. So I, I would think there'd be some motivation to try and do what the Eagles did and, and get something done as soon as possible. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, who's the team? Who's the team that, again, it's on paper, it's early. You know the ones we're going to talk about, but that we're not talking about now. You think we will be in December and January? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's tricky because a lot of teams we are we are talking about, the teams you think are going to be better are the teams, you know, the Jets are going to be better, can't help but be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll be talking about them. I, you know, a team that's, that's kind of under the radar and you don't hear anything about that I, when you just look at the rosters, I think Denver won five games last year, Doug. That is that is a roster that is much better than a five-win roster, especially if Russ, you know, gets back to anything close to what he was with Sean Payton, you know, in the building. So that might be one that I think absolutely nobody's talking about them. They're a last-place team. They've garnered no attention whatsoever um, outside of the immediate press conference after Sean Payton got hired. But they've got receivers. Uh, they've got an offensive line that was missing some pieces last year. You've got a big-time running back coming off injury in Javante Williams. Like They've got a lot of pieces in place uh, for that to be a pretty good offense. And defensively in the secondary, you've got a top-five corner. You've got a top-five safety. Like they've, they've got some dudes now. No question about it. Um, if you were in Indy, how would you proceed with Anthony Richardson, considering you have Gardner Minshew, who can very easily be a spot or even season-long starter if you want to redshirt him? Well, you know, I, I think it's it's the plan that I would put in place would be three or four games of Gardner Minshew, probably not any more than that, just to allow Anthony Richardson to see the game from the sideline just for a few weeks. And then after that, you know, you're not going to be running the same offense that Gardner Minshew is running. You're going to be using Anthony Richardson's legs quite a bit. But I always thought that just took a little bit of pressure off, just getting to see it for a minute, get used to it from the sideline, get used to what a week looks like in terms of the preparation, um, and then put him in there and know, you know, look, you're going to rely on your run game, which he's going to be a big part of, um, and your defense, and, and hopefully off that run game you'll get some shots down the field. But you're not going to ask him to throw it from the pocket 30-plus times a game. Uh, I think most people know you're fairly close with Joe Douglas. Um, he obviously won the offseason getting Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, you get a, you go from a team who had a disaster of a second pick in Zach Wilson to having Aaron Rodgers. That, that's a pretty big upgrade. Quinn and Williams, uh, you know, he did the old scrub his social media after the Jets. I mean, straight out of the Kyler Murray handbook. Um, it's his fifth-year option he's up for. Of course, I, he wasn't drafted by Joe Douglas. Um so I'm just I'm I'm wondering how you think the Jets proceed. Well, 
you know, I'm not privy to what's going on in this negotiation, but I would say, you know, some people have looked at it and said, well, you know, Jamal Adams tried to play these games and they shipped him out, picked up two first-round picks. Um, is this a similar type situation? And I, look, this is positional value. Um, guys like Quinn and Williams are extremely rare and hard to find. You know, dominant interior defensive lineman, which he is by all accounts. Everything I knew about him coming into the draft and everything I've heard about him since, he's high character. He's a great kid. So those guys get taken care of. I'm sure he's frustrated that it's not done, um, but those those deals get done. I, I would be shocked if uh, you know if Quinn and Williams were to ever walk away from the Jets. Uh, I, I don't see them allowing that to happen. I imagine they'll get this thing figured out sooner than later. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Daniel Jeremiah. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, the uh, and I know sometimes it's just Cowboys and people trying to figure out something to talk about the Cowboys. How much does it matter where the Cowboys or how the Cowboys line up, Micah Parsons? Well, it's a good problem to have. I mean, if I, I've kind of argued that I I would let him just be a full time rusher off the edge. You know, if you've got somebody you think can be Derek Thomas, then let him be Derek Thomas. I'd rather have that. Um, than have somebody that's kind of doing a lot of different things and playing off the ball at times, you know, a good a good bit of the time. So that's what I would do. I, I would I would move them out there in a full time basis. But um, it sounds like that's not something that they that they really want to do. It, I would imagine from his standpoint, he'd prefer to just be able to rush off the edge too, because you're going to get paid a whole heck of a lot more uh, as a pass rusher, as a pure pass rusher who could approach 20 sacks, which I really think he could do as a full time guy. So. Um, I, I can see where the motivation from, from him uh, would be to go in that direction. I agree with him. Um, but it sounds like the Cowboys, from their scheme and what they want from him, they prefer to be able to use him uh, in a lot of different areas. Um, I'm fascinated, absolutely fascinated, by what happens to the NFC East this year. Right, Last year, the NFC East put three teams in the playoffs. Cowboys, Giants, and, of course, the NFC champion, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we know the commanders are, you know, what, what they're doing at quarterback and they've changed ownership groups, but the schedules will be far more difficult again on paper, as opposed to last year on paper, Eagles went from the easiest schedule to the hardest schedule. What do you think happens with that division, which really surprised so many people with how they ended up? Well, you know, the team I feel like I don't know about is, is, is the giants. Um, you know, it feels like. You still have Philly and Dallas as a, as a cut above. I think the Giants only won one game in the division last year. Um, so again, they navigated their schedule, won some close games, played, you know, played solid but not spectacular. More of them like not losing games and going out and beat up on people. Um, so I, I don't have a feel for how good they are. Um, I I still feel like Washington is the fourth team in this division. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like Philly is the best. I feel like Dallas on paper looks to be number two, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rule out the giants. I think they've gotten better. I think they've gotten faster, which they needed to do in the off season. Um, so that to me is where the intrigue lies. I, I feel pretty good about the fact that Philly's the best team in this division and, and Washington's going to be the fourth best team. Yeah. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. Um, DJ is, is when the pitcher is tipping his pitches yep. and your own dugout is giving you the sign for the tipped pitch. So you're not deciphering the tip pitch yourself. You have somebody in the dugout deciphering the tipped pitch. And boy, I'm telling you, I'm enunciating so well here. I'm like really proud of myself, right? Uh, this is like the old slipped 
disc. You got to make sure it's the, yeah. or the herniated yeah. disc. You got to make sure you enunciate the right syllable. Um, is that is that against spirit or letter of the law in baseball? Well, I know it's been around forever, and I know that the, the hardcore baseball people say it's it's within the rules. It's not illegal. Everybody does it. It's part of the game. I still hate it. I, I think, you know, to me, when you can employ, you know, as some of these huge market teams can, you know, a zillion guys and a zillion analysts, and then, you know, every little thing that you could be looking for, there's somebody on the bench that's assigned to look for it. I mean, you could literally have somebody, you could have three guys on the bench. One's assigned to look at the hands of the pitcher to see where he comes set. One could look at the pace uh, with the different pitches that he's throwing. I mean, you could have, it's just an army of people you could have trying to, to be able to find a tell and then relay that information uh, from one way or the other to the guy in the batter's box. I hate it. I think it goes against, you know, kind of the, the, the pure competition element of it. But I, I've brought this up with baseball guys in the past, and they always shoot me down and say, hey, that's your that's your fault for tipping your pitches. Yeah, but isn't it the same in football, right? Like the running back, you, you know, I mean, obviously, Danny Thompson used to wear the visor for his eyes or how a guy's leaning or a formation. Isn't that kind of the beauty to the thing? Yeah, I, I just think it's it's different with one guy on the mound um, in, in the power that that person yields. I mean, you still have to account for the other 10 guys on the field. Um, I, I don't know. It just seems like that's a, a rather important piece of information that you could you could steal from somebody. I, I just know I would never be able to do it. I, I was uh, I, I tipped pitches when I was playing wiffle ball when I was a little kid. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine having all those thoughts going through your head while you're trying to figure out how to get a hitter out. Very good point. DJ, you're the best, man. Move the six to the podcast. Download it. Check them on the NFL Network. Thanks for joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, my Padres, Doug. I appreciate you not asking me. I didn't ask you. I didn't. I don't want to pour salt in the wound. I'm also an Angel fan, so there's not a lot of. We have our own wounds. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to pour 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 salt salt into. That's <sighs> that's that's Daniel Jeremiah. Um, Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're, you're great. Hope you're doing well. Broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com. Hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, Tyrac.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. So there's a John Morant statement. And then um, Adam Silver was on ESPN last night. And he was discussing John Morant. We got we got both for you here. Um, I, I thought John Morant's statement was good. I mean, what are you what are you supposed to do, right? I mean, obviously you have a a lawyer kind of uh, you know you have lawyers work together and find a way to release a statement. Quote: I know I disappoint a lot of people who have supported me. This journey, uh, this is a journey, and I recognize there is more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. I'm con- I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. Um, this is Adam Silver with ESPN's Malika Andrews last night. Honestly, I was shocked when I saw this weekend that video. Now, we're in the process of investigating it, um, and we'll figure out exactly what happened to the best we can then. It's, again, it's the video's a bit grainy and all that, but... I'm assuming the worst, you know, and uh, but we'll we'll, fi- we'll figure out, you know, exactly what happened there. What is there to figure out, though? What, what happened there? Can can anybody help me out? And and what, like, what what am I missing? I like the part where he says the video's grainy. The was grainy. I'm not really sure. Like, nah, that was a gun. <laughs> Wasn't that grainy? Wasn't the Sabruder footage where we're trying to figure out back into the left and was there a magic bullet? Right, that's not what we're trying to figure out here. Where the bullet came from? Grassy Knoll was the Grassy Knoll was the book uh, depository. Not really sure. 
No, he, he was rolling around with his boys, listening to music, having a good time, waving a gun. Like, what? what is there really to... What is that really? And, oh, yeah, by the way, with his statement, he's admitting as, as such. It's these type of little statements which it it makes it harder to buy in to the NBA and to Adam Silver having a stern hand. I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. I was, how about angry? How about angry? You're allowed to be angry, Adam. Look, dude, I um, I put my neck out there for him, and we sent him to some sort of counseling, and this is how he pays us back? I'm pissed off. Here's Silver on his prior conversation with Morant. The consequences there, an eight-game suspension was pretty serious and something that he, at least to me, seemed to take incredibly seriously in that time, and we spoke for a long time about not just the consequences that could have on his career, but the safety issues around it. Um, could have injured, maimed, killed himself, someone else with an act like that. And also the acknowledgement that, as you said, he's a star. I mean, he has an incredibly huge following. Yeah. And that my concern, and I thought he shared with me that millions if not tens of millions of kids globally would see him as having done something that was celebrating in a way. You know, that that act. Um, yeah, the whole thing was super weird. Super weird. That he would go back down the same path after seemingly understanding how previously it was viewed. Now, here's an interesting take. This is J.J. Redick, longtime NBA pro. Of course, he has a really successful podcast and he's ESPN analyst. Here's what he had to say about whether or not the NBA should drop the hammer on John Morant. As far as we know, all of these things have been investigated and no law has been broken. I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm not saying there should be no punishment. There should be. There should be consequences. You are the face of the league. You are representing the NBA. You are a role model to young kids. All of that. I don't think half a season is the right answer. So what is the right answer? What is the right answer? And 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 by the way, like, guys, we talked about this yesterday where it's true. Part of the, this is actually part of the argument about the Second Amendment, which has to be had, okay? Because what you will hear from people is like, hey, responsible gun owners, I get it, okay? I understand responsible gun owners. Like guys that keep it, in a safe guys keep it locked up guys that use it for hunting. Okay. That, but here's the problem with it. The looser and looser the restrictions become the more idiots like John Morant have weapons and wave them around and don't know what to do with them. Remember, you don't have to have a permit in some States and you can have a concealed carry or even open carry. This is, this is to you, Second Amendment guy. You want the right to bear arms. Again, the right to bear arms, you want it universal. John Moran has convi- committed no crime. He can have a weapon. And you're like, well, you know, you got to be smart enough. No, apparently you don't. Even when your job is telling you like, hey, dude, you can't do this. You can't wave it around. Like no one's saying you can't have a gun, but waving around on social media is asking for trouble 
and a bad look for the league. And we had to factor in. It's impossible not to factor in. It's not like he's at a gun range, okay? And a gun range may not fit well with you. It's not like he goes to a gun safety. You're listening to Young Thug, okay? which is, it's not, a, it's not a rap song about protecting yourself from an intruder or from, from a nefarious leader of some imaginary army, right? Which is what the Second Amendment is to protect ourselves against uh, a, a tyrannical government. This is just waving around to a rap song, acting like a acting like a a, a kid. Oh, was NBA young boy? Even better. Hey, he's got NBA in his name. It should be okay, right? That's what the like the optics are awful. And whatever I understand what JJ's saying, like hey, half the half the season is too much. Is it? Because eight games didn't seem to be enough. Didn't seem to work. Uh, Byer, I'd love your opinion. What do you think the NBA should do? I think that there should be a, a substantial suspension. Half season is uh, is fine with with me. Um, you you gave him uh, every avenue to come back, and I felt that the league was very lenient, um, almost uh, an accessory to trying to get him back into uh, the good graces of the league. And uh, he just didn't care. Um, And now the NBA, because I think of their leniency and how they pushed him back and I felt tried to push this, you know, cover it up, you know, push it under the rug, do whatever. Now you almost have to compensate for that to give him a heavier penalty this time around. I would, um, I, I, I would, I, I do think here's here's an interesting thought. Okay, um, you wanted to say I disagree with that. No, I don't disagree oh. with it. I I think you're right. I think the punishment should be more severe, not just because the second time, but because they were probably more lenient than they should have been, and um, maybe there's a little bit of anger in. In, in why they're doing, why they would do it that way. I would offer up that. Is there a way in which you take away? It's like as parenting, right? Parenting, the, the key to disciplining a kid is not necessarily corporal punishment. I think corporal punishment, it, it can work. It all depends. Everything depends upon the kid and how you feel about it. The key to it is take away something the kid likes the best, right? Is that, is that right? Sure. Right, like how many kids got their video games taken away and it was like yep. the end of the world. Now you take away a kid's phone and you will be amazed at how their their behavior will change. Can you take away some of the playoffs? Right? You've already taken away his money with not being able to make all NBA. Can you take away the playoffs? Like I, I've been long a proponent of that with college basketball. Like, hey, if you're gonna suspend a coach, don't do the first three games of the year. Do the first two games of the NCAA tournament. That's what really hurts yeah. you. That's where you're promoted the most. That's where you shine the most, you know? And I, I get that it's a total detriment to the team, to the franchise, but so too is waving around a gun. Would the... I, 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 I completely agree with that. I wonder if money is the most important, so the regular season games would be the... Where if your jaw, you're like, well, hey, I still got paid, you know? I'm sure the team would not love for him to miss playoff games. 
Um, but that would be the only thing that I would say is maybe it's still that paycheck that is the most important. I, I think we can under. I think we can all. I, mean, I don't know if we can all come to this conclusion. Okay, again, if I'm off, you guys feel free to call me on it. This is one of those where, honestly, it's a uniting force in the the people who believe in the Second Amendment and guns and the right to have bear arms and the people who do not. Right, And by the way, I think most people are actually more in the middle in that. I think most people, they studies have done, think you should have the right, but there has to be a lot more things, you know, not just licensing, but training and you know, you should have to renew your license on a probably an annual basis and maybe go through some sort of mental health testing or whatever. I don't know. There should be a lot more hoops to jump through to own a firearm. And I think that honestly, most gun owners would be like, dude, I'm fine. I don't want them selling the name. That said, okay, but this is one which if you're a gun owner, you're appalled because here's some guy who probably's never taken a gun training course, right? Waving it around on a video with his buddies like, this looks bad for gun owners, and for non-gun owners, you're like, see, this is what happens with ev- when everybody can have guns. Is that a fair way to look at it, Jay Stu? I mean, it's fair, but I don't, I don't know if it, uh, I don't know how much of that seeps into this conversation, to be honest. At least I'm not interested in that. I know you are. I'm what not are you, really what, interested in that. What are you interested in? What I do, I think, going back to your original question that you asked, Dan, uh, the way the Nets chose to handle... Kyrie Irving, after he retweeted that anti-Semitic movie, they gave a list of things that he needed to do before he got on the court. Now, you and I could argue whether or not he actually did all those things, or if they were compelled to bring him back before then, it was too strict, whatever. But why not say, John Morant, you are suspended indefinitely until you have done each of these next six things that we expect? So what does he have to do? Um, some form of counseling where a third party arbitrator talks to him, hears him out and is able to convey to the NBA that he now understands what he's doing is wrong and he's representing the league incorrectly as opposed to just sending out a statement like yesterday, right? That he actually understands that. Um, he also needs to, uh, I would say, like, pay a significant fine, not to the NBA. We don't care about that. Pay a significant fine to people who have lost their kids to gun violence. Um, He needs to get behind the cause and tell all of these people that are shooting each other that this is not the way we're supposed to do things. Um, if he if he does a checklist of items, then we could let you back in in, in our league. I just I, I thought the Nets had a great approach. I don't think they fully executed it, uh, but I liked what what they did with Kyrie back in the fall. Okay, I I would agree. I like the checklist as well. Um, I I I, I like the checklist as well, but I I don't know all the all those can be accomplished before the season begins. So I don't know what what level of punishment they'll be. Byer, what do you, what do you think? Punishment-wise? Yeah, do you like the idea of a checklist? Does that do it for you? Well, change things? They they just gave us a crappy checklist and he checked all the boxes. Right. I don't I don't I don't care about sounds callous, but um I I mean I hope that he um gets his head on straight and doesn't throw away his career. Um but 
you know, I, I checklist doesn't do anything for me now. I now it's just all right. You know, you couldn't do this. Now you're going to be penalized for it. It's a weird deal, you know. It's it's interesting because, um, I just there's a there's a need for uh, an evolution. You know, it just it got to grow up. That's it. Like yeah. you you, you, you got to grow up. And this idea of hey man, it's a cultural thing. You don't get it. Like mm, I, I've heard pretty much every athlete, white and black. Say like, no, nah, this is this is not it. This is not how you want to represent yourself. It's just not. Let those people copy you, not you copy NBA young boy. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I don't. I just. I don't even understand that. Um, but I, I, I do understand the the uh, the self inflicted wound. Like, dude, I'm a I'm a I'm a guy. I can tell you, most of my wounds in my lifetime are self inflicted. I, I get it. Like I have a, everybody's got the, um, what's the, what's the, what's the button, not ejector button, the, uh, the implosion button. Everybody's got an implosion button, implosion button. Mine is a little bit, I have a tendency to bump it every now and again for, and I'm, I've been trying to figure out like, why would I do that? You know what I mean? Like I get it. Um, but the second consecutive implosion for no reason with the same thing in the same calendar year, just, I mean, it strikes me as ironic, dumb, obtuse, arrogant, all the different words. And that's not something that he represents outside of this. It's just weird. There also becomes a point, I, I and this just may sound very callous again, but if you're the NBA, you obviously wanted to help John Morant. He's one of your players. He's one of your biggest stars. There's then also the point of we got to look out for ourselves. Yeah. And what is that? Where is that line? When is that point? Uh, even if John Morant is able to clear himself, I am very curious to see how the NBA handles his stardom and how they promote him. You know, in what years after this, what about Nike? Nike just yeah. la- launched his shoe. It was sold out quickly. He's got like two different shoes, and they're they're really cool, really simple. It feels like. They were, they actually were the Kobe's. Uh, feels like that's kind of the design mode of them. What does Nike do? How, how do they react? I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.